Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 161 for, what is it, January 22nd, 2011. It's the, uh, the Anna Marie Neufeld edition because we have a special <laughs> guest in studio. Anna Marie Neufeld is in, in studio as a, to show up on the podcast. Hi, Yay. Anna. Yay. I just think it should be the Anna Marie Newfield edition because my 11-year anniversary was yesterday. Uh, with what? RP Gamer. Oh, of course. Yay! You didn't. You didn't. You didn't incessantly remind us beforehand like normal. No, no, no. I, I didn't do that for the last two years. Well, it, it Eventually, kind of, that joke is going to have to die. It became a meme. I was used to it. I was waiting <laughs> for it. Surprised. All right. Um, I've got some other people on the call, as you might have heard. I've got. Who have I got? I got Phil Willis. Salutations, felicitations, and jubilations. Mr. Roy Burnett. Hello, everyone. John, you're worth. Titus's nipples are intimidating. Oh, dear. Oh, you, you broke the show. We're starting over. No. <laughs> and last but not least, Emmanuel Marino. Felicitations, Jubilee. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's someone else's Hey, line. hey, that's copyrighted. Hello. Infringement. Uh, I was having fun doing the sportscaster announcement and uh, whatever. Hey, we're here. And it's freaking cold out. It's so cold out here in Wisconsin that... It is wonderful. I walked out of the airport and I went... Ah, it's perfect here. This is somebody who lives in a country where they only live in igloos. So, of course, she thinks it's perfect here. Shut so. up. I'm with Ann on this one. It's a nice, brisk 45 degrees outside. I walk around with my T-shirt and shirts and feeling good. It's, it is 13 degrees, minus 10 Celsius. She was telling me how she hates how it only gets down to 5 degrees Celsius in her country. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> she, she gets off, she gets, I pick her up at the airport. She's like, yay, it's cold here. I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> well, I hate that it's cold here. <laughs> Which is great because even better is he he spent like the uh, the car ride home complaining about how his house just wouldn't warm up and how he'd been cold for the last couple of days, and he gives me this comforter to to sleep under. And I wake up at four in the morning and the comforter's on the floor and I'm in like a tank top and boxer shorts, going, "I'm so hot in here." Yeah, it's fun stuff. If Titus is walking around with you all outside, that would explain the whole nipple comment earlier. I, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fun stuff. So, we've got a show for you today. Uh, again, it's not a lot of news this week, which is very sad, but we got some feedback. So, jumping right into that, Solo on our message forum said, the solution, we were talking about Oblivion and how its leveling system is really, con- almost as confusing to figure out as how to resubscribe to Final Fantasy XI, um, and so we were trying to figure out how to fix that, and the solution apparently was uh, twofold, he says. Step one, and I'm assuming it's a him, it could be a girl, Solo. Actually, it's probably a cup, right? Solo is a cup brand. So Solo Disposable Cup says, Step one, play on PC, use a leveling overhaul mod. Overhaul mod. I can't even talk today. It's too cold. If that fails, use step two, break the game in a different way. I used Chameleon. There's a whole page on the wiki on 100% Chameleon, which I ended up going through most of the game using. No one can ever see you. Ever. The entire game becomes hilarious. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Let me tell you, you know, during the day, my daytime job is I'm an accountant and I do all kinds of spreadsheets for this company that does billions of dollars of business, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you what, Cornell University, 
Yeah, Cornell University couldn't teach me Oblivion's leveling system. It's so complicated. So I totally agree with this guy. Go find yourself a normal XP leveling mod, uh, you know, put it on the PC. The, the comedian thing, that's pretty darn funny, too. Do, does the, uh, does the, uh, <laughs> does Cornell actually have a uh, course on Oblivion leveling? Well, they should. Failed? I think they really <laughs> should. Were you doing bad in it? You yeah, had to switch it to audit? <laughs> <laughs> I took a I took a major in accounting and a minor in oblivion leveling. <laughs> in Elder Scrolls mechanics. Mechanics, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Uh Mandy, uh you said you were gonna try this out, did you? Um I had to get through Dead Space quickly before everyone spoils it on Monday or Tuesday. Oh, that's a good point. I should do that too. I probably won't though. Because right. I, I feel like at this point people are gonna feel like uh, Dead Space One is a fair game. Since Dead Space Two, since it was three years ago, and Dead Space Two just came out. Yep. Uh, even just last week, I had to avoid Bioshock spoilers, so I need to Whoops. play like these games because it keeps happening, just keeps happening, again and again and again. What All did right. we spoil again? I can't remember. What did we spoil? I don't know. All right. Um, something that's not going to spoil is this fresh new voicemail message that comes in from Draconis. Let's give it a listen. Hey, this is Draconis. I'm wondering, since Duke Nukem Forever is finally getting a release date on May 3rd, does that mean that the world's going to be ending? Some of you guys said they'd stop working for you if Duke Nukem ever came out. Is that going to happen? Later. Okay, so translation, what in the world did he just say? I uh, I don't know. So he's doing Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah, you know, so like is the world going to end now that Duke Nukem Forever has a release date? That's the question, because everyone said so it would. Duke Nukem Forever causes catastrophic earthquakes and meteor impacts, and what else? Well, we all said the world would end before Duke Nukem Forever came out, right? That was the general feeling of um, everybody. Uh, there's a caveat. Yeah? It was sold to somebody else. Uh, so it's okay. a brand, okay, so. brand new so, game. May 3rd, 2011, end of the world. Um, good luck. And that is. And so we need to have a rule, Chris. Yeah. No smoking the peace pipe before dialing in and leaving a voice message for us. Well, then us. he said something no about we pipe. said we would not. Something about us not working here anymore if it ever came out. I wonder who said that. I don't remember who said that. But yeah, I didn't say it. Oh, it's interesting. Okay, so thank you, Draconis. You left a voicemail. You should leave a voicemail too. I'll tell you how in a bit. And now we have an emailed MP3 from our favorite. You'll hear who she is in a second. Hello, everyone. This is Strawberry Eggs, and I thought I'd try something different and send an MP3 instead of voicemail for the podcast. First off, I thought Wendy Lee was in every game. Or maybe she's just in every dubbed Japanese video game, being an RPG or not. The one already has the single most roles of any North American voice actor out there. Anyway, my thoughts on the 3DS. While I am excited for it, by the looks of it, there won't be much reason for me to get the thing at launch. It's not so much the battery life. After all, I can just turn off the Wi-Fi stuff when I'm not at home, and I tend to play at the lowest setting for the backlit screen anyway. Rather, it's the launch titles. I'll wait for an official list for the American release, but it doesn't look like there'll be any games I want right now. Sure, it's kind of cool to have the system on day one and wait outside a GameStop before midnight to get my hands on it, but what does that amount to if it mostly sits around unused for a couple months, or just to play DS games? Who knows, I may change my mind later. Well, that's all I have to say for now. Bye! Thank you, Strawberry Eggs. So, Wendy Lee is in every game and not Nolan North? 
She's, apparently. She, she isn't. She isn't kidding. I just looked it up. He is in everything. Oh, it's a guy. Okay. No, she. Oh, Wendy she. Lee. All right. Well, yeah. she said actor. She so is I got in confused. everything. Yeah, but she's not Nolan North. I mean, come on. I mean, it's Nolan North. Nolan North. Nolan North. Who talks? Does okay? Does Wendy Lee have a game where she talks to herself as other characters? Yeah. Does Wendy Lee have a half tuck in two separate games? No, two separate franchises. Yeah. What about half tucks? That's important. All right. She was in Cowboy Bebop the movie. Um, is this the same person? Yeah, she talks. She talks to herself in Guy too. Right, this is Wendy with two E's and two e. Oh, she's in Kenshin, the U.S. dub of Kenshin. She's in a lot of anime. Well, the one person that's in a lot of anime and Japanese video games a lot is Johnny Young Bosch, too. Also an ex-Power Rangers actor. Ah, she does the U.S. voice of Uyoro Ichi. Uh, the cat girl. Um, let's see, what else we got? I don't even know. She's not in a lot of games lately. Klonoa was the last game it looks... Oh, Magna Carta 2, which means Mike likes her. And Tales of Vesperia. Oh, she was in Dragon Age Origins as Lily. Is that Liliana or someone else? I don't know what that means. Okay. It's funny. She's in basically every game. Oh! Nolan North would never touch. She's Chihiro in Persona 4. There you go. That's a popular one that people should know. So when, when, <laughs> what? She's the female Japanese equivalent of Nolan North. Mm. Oh, she's just in the, so she's Persona 3 probably more. Hmm. Okay. Well... Japanese equivalent of yeah, Nolan exactly. Well, but she's she's American. no, I mean like the well. If you look at these games; they're all Japanese games. That's what I meant. Ah, okay. Well, because she does a lot of anime, so that probably is why. Hmm. Man, I wouldn't play half of these games that she's in. <laughs> I would actually, <laughs> at least half. Really, you want to play some more Dynasty Warriors four through six and well, all no. of its various? But Dragon Age Origins and Persona. I mean, come on, those are good. Fine, though. Yeah, I'll give you Dragon Age. Come on. Well, okay, on to Strawberry's real question. 3DS, uh, not excited because of the launch lineup. Well, let me tell you guys, here's what our mm-hmm. launch lineup is. <laughs> launch day, Nintendo games tentatively scheduled to be available, quote, around launch will be Pilot Wings Resort, Dogs Plus Cats, and Steel Diver. I don't know what that is. If you... Wait, wait, Pilot Wings Resort at launch? Really? Around launch. Because right, I didn't think it was coming for launch at all. Well, nobody—they don't have like an official launch, like launch list. Uh, around launch could be like June. <laughs> the following third-party games are scheduled to be launched either on launch day or in the following weeks: Dead or Alive Dimensions, Pro Evo Soccer 2011 3D, Madden NFL Football, Super Street Fighter 4 3D, Resident Evil: The Mercenaries 3D, Asphalt 3D, Combat of Giants, Dinosaurs 3D. What the hell is that? Ridge Ridge Racer 3D and Lego Star Wars 3 The Clone Wars. Isn't there a Dinosaurs game? That's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I said. Combat of Giants Dinosaurs 3D. That's like dinosaur cockfighting. You know, that's that's (laughs) awesome. Just big, huge bees fighting each other from putting money down. And And the next generation's Michael Vick. Awesome. So apparently, like, what it's going to be like thirty titles released between now until June, and uh, thir- no, twenty three DS games from now until E uh, three, right? Apparently, well, from the launch until E three, and then they'll reveal all the good games, I guess. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, really, I could see how there's not if if you're not into 
Yeah, I could definitely see how someone wouldn't want this lunch lineup. If you're not really into Street Fighter or Nintendogs and Cats or Pilot Wings. Well, the important thing is Kid Icarus and Zelda aren't there. Yep. Well, that's kind of what people are kind of looking forward to. I mean, do you really want... I mean, Ridge Racer is what we played on our PSPs when we bought that. Is Are we going to do that again now on the 3DS? Really? With screenshots yeah. that don't look much better than the PSP? Yeah, that's what and I'm seeing. that's I see. You know, it kind of concerns me. Some of the you know that we're just seeing a, a good number of of remakes and whatnot. Not that I don't love, you know, Digital Devil Devil Ooh. Survivor, whatever it's called. Or you know, I'm kind of excited. There's a bust a move Fighter. game. There's a bust a move game where Bub and Bob will jump out at the screen and scare the hell out of you. Nice. So I, I like that. <laughs> Comes you know, they jump forward things. and try to bite your face. Apparently. No, the interesting though, the, the most interesting about this though is that uh. The PSP two should be announced on what the twenty seventh of January. Yeah, that's so what next I, Thursday. That's what we hear. Yeah. So by the time you'll actually be able to sit there and compare both systems before they come out and say maybe I should save my two fifty for PSP two instead. That is nice. That's a good point, Manny. Of course, we don't know when the PSP two will release, but hey, two fifty in your pocket's two fifty in your pocket. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right, and I'm gonna say all right. Because it's time to move on. Oh, I should tell you how to leave our feedback. So if you want to leave a message like these fine people did, go to board.rpgamer.com. Find the latest updates forum and leave a message in the podcast thread. We'd love to hear from you there. You can also email us at podcast at rpgamer.com. You can also send an MP3 to that address, and that would work too. And finally, you can leave us a voicemail at 608-729-4098, and we'll play it right in the air like you heard today. Thanks, all right, so moving on, it's time for news. News, news, news. So the big news this week was the 3DS info, and <clears throat> so we kind of covered that. That means I've got a bunch of boring stuff to tell you. Oh, except for one thing. Square Enix blew up and announced like a bazillion things. <laughs> so, you know Final Fantasy thirteen? Yeah, they're making a sequel, Final Fantasy thirteen 2 They're going ten two style. We didn't get a 12-2, but we're getting a 13-2. First announcement, Lightning's going to be apparently a main character. Uh, like, main character, main character, like, no question. And it'll be on PS3 and 360 later this year. And that's all we know. <laughs> it really is all we know. She appears with some feathers and some armor in a really weird trailer that tells you absolutely nothing about the game or its gameplay. We have no idea if it'll play like 13 or anything. That doesn't say anything? That's right. <laughs> Color me shocked. So expect this in, what, they said this year. So I guess it'll be in the U.S. next year, probably. Early next year. Cause this I think year the predictions Japan. are sort of January, February next year. January, February. Say winter yep. for Japan. All right. And that's usually, what, end December sort of time. All right, so you remember that cell phone game that turned into a PSP game? Ajito 13? Well, now it's turned into Type Zero. Cause and being and being separated from Thirteen. Yeah, apparently because it's not going to be Thirteen based anymore at all. It's not be maybe not even Fabula Nova Crystallis anymore at all. Just Type Zero, and it'll be something. It'll be this is great. It's a two UMD PSP game. I don't know that I remember there ever being a two UMD game. There are. I can't say I, I can't say I remember. I been been looking at a lot of PSP games. <laughs> yeah, leave it to Square. Um, it'll be come out in summer 2011 in Japan. No idea when it'll hit here. Uh, 
So it looks like, you know, it's a bunch of school kids go on their fantasy RPG fun. So, yay. And, of course, Versus 13 was still shown. They put out a new trailer, and it's got more stuff and some story details and absolutely no information on a release date. Did it even have gameplay? Like, real yeah, gameplay? Yeah, the, first, the, first, the full Versus 13 had gameplay in it. Okay. So it just it uh, it look, just looks like a I mean it 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 looks blatantly obvious that the people who worked on Kingdom Hearts worked on Versus Thirteen. Hmm. Do we have do we have that new trailer up? We don't. I know that trailer. Uh, no, because I think Square pulled it off YouTube. Oh. I thought they released. Oh, they must have released the thirteen two trailer and pulled the Versus Thirteen. Awesome. Yeah, that sucks. So we have no idea. There is a there is a link to I think Square have actually put it up on one of their websites. They have. Yeah, it's linked somewhere. <laughs> okay. Somewhere. Um. So it's uh, on there. Somewhere with the stuff and the things and the. Hey, look, yeah, three-headed monkey. Three-headed monkey. Oh, look at the pretty monkey. Hey, did you hear I, I that do... they came out? That there's a there's the the secret of Spunky Island just came out. Which is the that por- sounds like a really bad porno. It is. It's a porn parody of the Secret of Monkey Island games. I'm gonna have to Chris, go get. Why them. do you know this? Why it do you was, know these? Oh, it was on right. one up. It was in the news stream. I was reading, preparing for the show. They're like Secret did of Monkey Island. You guys Spunky see the trailer Island. for World of Bonecraft? No, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I despair for humanity. I, I think you should imagine Jim Rayner and a bunch of uh, night elves. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Oh, um, for everyone, I believe that they're supposed to put the, the Versus 13 trailer when the website launches on the 27th. Okay, good to know. Don't keep up, we're talking about bad porno now. <laughs> no, I'm actually glad he told me that, because that's kind of what I wanted to know. Uh, Alright. <laughs> this is, a uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3D, I think, what did Mac call it? Gumdrop Dream or something like that? Uh. It's Dream Drop Distance is the new name for Kingdom Hearts 3D. It will be Sora and Riku will be in the game, and you'll be swapping between the two characters as you play. Speedy action gameplay and 3D elements such as large drops from high places and flying long distances, and who knows what. We have no idea where it fits and in the series. And the casual violations of the laws of physics. Well, that's, that's like every video game. Ever. And, of course, our favorite... Final Fantasy Dissidia Dual Desham was talked about plenty at the event. They said Prish from Final Fantasy XI will be in the game. That's P-R-I-S-H-E if you don't know who she is. Gilgamesh will be in the game from Final Fantasy V, but he's going to be a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Final Fantasy... He was a bad guy in Final Fantasy V. And sure, then he, he was, was good. Awesome. He was still a bad guy. Yeah, well. Uh, Square Enix revealed a 300... Oh, was Gilgamesh in four? I can't even remember which game. He's five. probably in both. No, his experience was in five. He shows up in multiple games. He does. So this is the one from five. This, uh, uh, yeah, the one from five, which is also technically the one from nine, also the one from twelve. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. So Gilgamesh does his thing. I thought he was good in five at some point. Uh, I can't remember anymore. It's been a long time since I played. So, and then we have uh, what? Wait, what else did we find out? That was it. Oh, that's it. They said Yuna's voice actress would return for the game. Great. 
Oh, and they're going to have a 300 yen demo in Japan. So they'll probably end up bringing this out here, too. So it'll be a demo. Say what? The demo's already out in Japan. Oh, it's already out in Japan, but they'll probably put it out here eventually. Um, Yeah, they've registered the trademarks for it. They just haven't actually stuffed it on the PSN store yet. It is a paid demo. It lets you try out the story mode and the arcade go. Excuse me, the arcade mode. And it'll you'll unlock Eris or Aerith, I guess we're now calling her in the U.S. as a support character in the full version. So this is your way. So basically, Square Enix has given you a way to pay money to bring Eris back to life. <laughs> you, you, you knew they'd profit off it eventually. Yeah. Are you going to do that, Anna? You going to pay money to bring Eris back to life? I think I'm good. You're good. Okay. I don't think I want to waste my money. All right. Fair enough. Uh, We also have some more details about uh, Dual Desham. And that is, it's going to be out in Japan on March 22nd. Oh, excuse me. Out in the U.S. on March 22nd. When's it out in Japan, then? Is it already out? March 3rd, I believe. No, March, the first week of March, yeah. But it was great because I was talking with Michael yesterday and I noticed the fact that the story saying that it was going to be out. And I'm like, I turned to him, I'm like, sweet, I know what I'm buying in March now. And he looks at me, he's like, you're buying Pokemon, you tool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. How could you think about doing anything else, right? Pokemon black and white. That's what you're supposed to do in March. That's what Nintendo tells you to do, and you always have to do what Nintendo tells you to do. But if you want to do what Square Enix tells you to do, March 22nd for 30 bucks, it'll be out for your PlayStation Portable. And uh, I still haven't finished Dissidia, because I got bored with it. Anna's like level 1,000 in it. I don't know uh, if she yeah. did that. Yeah, I, well, Cecil's level 100. Zidane is level 100. Um... Titus is quickly approaching level 70, and all of my other uh, Cosmos characters are level 40 and above. And they're going to start raiding soon, so they're going to take down uh, Illidan, I think, pretty soon here. I mean, they're all high level. Shut up. (laughs) 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 They're actually including the original Cydia story in the sequel. What? Yeah. Wait, what? You can actually play through all of Dissidia in Dissidia Dual Desham? Apparently. That doesn't make sense. It's probably Well the the story is involved in some fashion in Duodecim. Clicks knows more about it, but I haven't had Maybe a chance. Maybe it's just like, you know, they recap it or something. Well they they do include the first story in it that we know for sure. That was confirmed quite some time ago. And going back to our previous uh, story, if you uh, want to install Spunky Island, there's actually a stealth mode that creates no shortcut or registry keys. Alright. <laughs> Porn mode for your adventure games. That's great. Okay. But that means Anna already has it installed, is what that means. That's the uh, sad just, part. Just actually. Uh-huh. Gosh. I'm going to have to get a new internet provider soon. They see what I'm... Well, you, you know, that's going to be real popular here in Utah, since we have the highest use of uh, porno use per person. In Utah? So, Which yeah. is interesting, because you're actually not allowed mailing anything pornographic to an address in Utah. Yeah, go figure. Wow. The internet's okay. Thank you. So we were so we were talking about Pokemon Black and White earlier and if you were wondering best-selling Japan, game in Japan for 2010 was Pokemon Black and White with 4.9 million units followed by Monster Hunter Portable 3rd with 3.48 then New Super Mario Bros. Wii blah 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 blah. 
Other popular uh, RPGs in Japan, Dragon Quest VI was number five with 1.3 million. Uh, Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2, 1.27 million. And Inazuma 11.3. We still haven't gotten the first one. Inazuma 11.3 was number nine with 890,000. And Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep was 13. These are the best overall selling games. So RPG still live and well in Japan. Yakuza 4 at 17 at 557,000, and that's it. So, I uh, think this means Pokemon Black and White's going to do well in the U.S.? Probably. It always does. <laughs> like, like, like this has anything to do with it, right? <laughs> it's just going to. Uh, as opposed yeah, you know, to. Yeah. Nintendo selling a lot for the Pokemon franchise is pretty much just part of the course at this point. Yeah. You know? I know. The, the, the sky is blue. He has crap in the world. Pope wants a pointy hat. Nintendo sells a lot of Pokemon game. It's a miter. Miter. M-I-T-E-R. It's a pointy hat. All right. So, <laughs> something that didn't do so well is, of course, Final Fantasy XIV, to the point where they kind of threw out the development team and said, here, you be in charge now, to somebody it's called uh, Naoki Yoshida whose uh, previous experience was the Dragon Quest Monster Battle Road line of Japan-exclusive arcade trading card games, which I've played, and it's kind of cool. Um, but, uh, yeah. So he's taking over Final Fantasy fourteen. So he did a little interview with... Uh, let's see, did he do it with Famitsu? I think he did it with Famitsu. It's, yeah, that's all they ever talked to is Famitsu. Uh, he said, My policy is that I'll never do a total wipe of the game. Players have a lot of memories wrapped up in their characters. He's talking about what he's going to do to fix this game. So wiping that out would be unthinkable. So they're not going to do like a Star Wars Galaxy complete reboot or anything like that. So it's possible we'll make adjustments that dramatically redefine skill ranks and player levels. But if so, we would allow players to re-roll their parameters. Um, Let's see. He's also said, I was in a position of responsibility within the Final Fantasy XIV directorial team, and the state of the game is something that's been concerning me for a long time, so it's not like this came out of the blue. Ever since we launched last September, we've received a great deal of requests and complaints from players. That certainly played a role in the reshuffling, but there's also the fact that if we're going to call this a Final Fantasy game, then the company needs to pitch in and raise the standard of quality. Okay. And when asked, let's see, about an auction house, people want the auction house in fourteen. Well, Quote, up until now, we were too preoccupied with my, making 14 as different from 11 as we could. However, players plainly need an easy-to-use gameplay system that encourages a healthy in-game economy. If an auction house is that system, then I say we should implement it. Making everything new and original isn't necessarily the right thing all the time. Okay. When asked what they would do first, he said, quote, the user interface. We can work on all other things. We can work on other things all we want, but if we don't fix the controls at the same time, then players will be too frustrated to fully appreciate the other improvements. Also, changes to the battle system. Right now, Eorzea is a little too peaceful, isn't it? I'd like to see more chances for players to work together and take down stronger enemies. More of that Final Fantasy style of play. So, I ask you guys, is this enough? Does it sound like 14's in good hands? Is this game going to make a comeback? <laughs> if you can pull it, if it can pull it off, then you may be able to retain the players that you've already got playing. If that's a pretty big if, if because for the moment, for the time being, Final Fantasy XIV isn't going to be able to shake its negative image. Uh, to be perfectly honest, if you if it wanted to do that, it would have to it would have to go above and beyond as far as making changes concerned to the extent where it might as well be considered a new game altogether. I mean. The only, I think the, the only good thing to come out of everything so far is that they haven't, aside from the um, initial cost of the game discs, you know, the actual game itself, they're not charging anyone for it. 
Um, whereas um, my experience in playing MMOs in the past is um, companies seem perfectly willing to uh, make improvements to games which have had shaky launches, but while making sure that they're still taking your money. Like, um, ooh, Star Trek Online. A <laughs> little bitter. Nah, it just could be so much better. Manny, are you going to jump into 14 as soon as this uh, this gets cleared up? Oh, apparently he's already lost, jumped in. He jumped off a cliff, yes. apparently. Manny! <laughs> well, I, I, say I can usually try um, MMOs that I don't play anymore after major content has been released for them. It's almost like why I went back to playing Cataclysm when it came out. But... You know, if the changes aren't significant, it's probably not going to keep me around for long. So, hmm. okay, I'm worried about Manny now. We got to go rescue him. We need to mount up a party. Uh, What's yeah. up? Oh, you are there. Well, I tossed it to you. You weren't here. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was watching. Lost. What would you do? And some guy was assaulting an interracial couple, and we wanted to see if people would step in. Why are you watching TV during the <laughs> I podcast? Think it's the worst show on television. <laughs> You're watching the worst. The worst show on television is more entertaining than RPG Cast. That's what he's saying right there. I'm sorry. I heard Final Fantasy 14, and I just said, "I'm going to see what what you what would you do." Was <laughs> Thanks. Well, I was trying uh, to figure I, out if you, if after all the stuff I read, if you thought Final Fantasy 14 was in good hands and you would ever come consider trying it out. But apparently, the answer to that is never, just never no. When you're going to pay me, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. How are you? I think I, yeah. I think they've done some pretty immeasurable harm to, you know, to whatever reputation they had and whatnot. I mean, they definitely had a good fan a fan player base with Final Fantasy XI, and there was there was definitely some reasons for even people like me who were outside to keep an eye on fourteen. But there's just so many things wrong with with fourteen, and it'll take them so long to fix it that by the time they finally get it all done and implemented, this is going to be so far down people's list and off their radar, it's not even funny. Right, let, uh, let me give you a real answer then. Like, like I, mean, I know I'll give you this, the funny, silly answer, but like I hear what you're saying, Phil, and it's absolutely true. I mean, why would I pay $15 a month to play a game that needs to get fixed and I have to wait all the, I mean, why can't I just play WoW now? All of my friends are there. It works now. It's getting better all the time. Why wouldn't I just stay there? And that's the thing. While Final Fantasy XIV is trying to catch up, WoW is just pulling further and further ahead with its you know, sheer number of improvements, uh, content, and whatnot. I mean, why? Seriously, all of you guys are there? I just go play with you guys. I'm already paying money every month. Why go pay money every month to another game that barely works? And even if it doesn't work six the months point now, I was making was they're not charging you any money. But you're not paying $15 a month. While well, they the idea it. is once they fix it, you, they will, right? Which will yeah. probably coincide with the heavily delayed PS3 version. Yeah. yeah. So I'm asking Prob- at that point if people would consider playing it. But man, by that point, I'm I'm thinking about the next WoW expansion. Anyway. I would. Whatever. <laughs> all right. So well, Anna's maybe, in. Maybe maybe by the time they get it all fixed and stuff, maybe they'll just flip to a microtransaction model. <laughs> I would try it if it was free to play. I would, I'd try it out. I mean, if it's free to but play, it is right now. You <laughs> <laughs> mean free to play broken? <laughs> Yeah, I won't even waste. I won't waste. Even if it's free, I'm not going to waste my time on something that's clear, you know, broken. But let's just say they get all working and and people are really starting to enjoy the game. I might download and jump into it if it was some sort of free to play model with maybe some microtransactions supporting it. I've I've done that before. 
But okay. paying, you know, paying for the product fifty dollars up front or thirty dollars or whatever price it's at plus fifteen dollars a month, you know, even after they've kind of dusted it off and cleaned it up a little bit and whatnot. No, I'm already paying that. Like like Manny said, I'm already paying the fifteen dollars a month for WoW. I'm already into it, and it's already light years ahead of anything else that's coming uh, out. I mean, since you brought that up, Phil, can I can I uh, throw that all out to you? How much room in your wallets do you have for multiple MMOs? I mean, is, is that something? I, I, yeah, I'm open to it because I do. I actually am usually at a second MMO on the on the back burner that I'm usually playing with some friend on the side. Like right now, it's City of Heroes, um, and I've got a couple of free to plays like Guild Wars, Yay, City of Heroes. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> little plug. No. I mean, I don't play. I don't play it a ton, but you know, usually it's just for one friend. He'll jump online. He'll be like, "Hey," so I keep the subscription for him. So I do have some wiggle room in my wallet. But with that being said, I really couldn't see. You know, dumping City of Heroes to try out Final Fantasy, you know, to make that, you know, to make it my second, you know, game for a while. Because there's just not enough in and of itself to drag it in. Even if they get it polished up and cleaned up a bit, it's so far behind, you know, the other MMOs right now. It's not even funny. All right. So, so how about, oh, yeah. That goes for all of you too, then? Or I know you, Chris, would probably sign up for everything, right? Um, I, 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 I try a lot of things. I don't know. Uh, I'll probably try it just because Michael will be excited to give it a shot. At some point, but we like to play those games together. But uh, other than that, I really kind of not excited at all about fourteen anymore. I don't think it really is going to come back, and I don't think it'll be something worth playing. I just maybe I'm just too cynical, but I think it's dead. Uh, what about DC Universe? Anybody playing that? Like, that was like the latest MMOD. I've been. I did waiting. actually. I dropped. A, I actually dropped money on DC Universe about two hours ago. I don't know if I'm going to regret it. Yeah, it's still it's still downloading. A lot of people like that. I want to try it out. I was kind of hoping to get like a press account or something because you know it's funny. I, I listened to the latest Giant Bomb and everything that Jeff Gersman said made made that thing sound like a travesty. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been reading a ton of different reviews, and there's definitely some interesting concepts. Being the fact that it's more actiony, you know, it's, as opposed to the normal MMO feel of of these type of games, and that kind of is appealing to me. Um, I'm a big fan of comic books, so even though the cutscenes are kind of short and sweet, um, I'd be interested in it for that. But I, I don't see enough interesting stuff there. There's too much that's still the same old, same old. The fetch quests, the you know, a lot of the uh, dungeons or whatever you call them, the adventures or alerts. Uh, seem to be pretty much a lot of the same old, same old, and they seem to be light years behind, you know, where WoW's at with some of its more dynamic quest and, and phasing and whatnot. So I don't see enough there for me to want to go out and plunker, you know, $50. I could see myself maybe picking it up on a Steam Super Sale and giving it a run, but not paying 50 plus 15 right now, no. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So, John, let us know next week, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's how it's going to be. Of course, that, that that's unless my copy of Tales of Grace's Ash shows up next week, at which point I will be just be talking about that for three hours. So, hmm. yay, yeah. Tales! I, I say, I'm trying because I'm, <laughs> I'm trying out DC Universe Online precisely because I played I've played City of Heroes for two and a half years, um, and I'm not I'm not. DC Universe Online is in like there are two things that I feel count against it. One, um, it hasn't had the same kind of extended development time that, say, City of Heroes has had lavished on it over the years. I mean, City of Heroes was a pretty sparse game when it was really when it was released ages ago. Um, but you know, DC Universe Online is sort of it, it being new kind of counts against it almost. Um, and um, the other thing is. Uh, actually, what was the other thing? I swear to hell, I had two points I was going to make, and I can't remember the second one. 
two things. I'm sure it was fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just the fact that you know, um, I think it's I'll probably miss the, the the quality of life changes that City of Heroes has made over, over the years to make the game better for for people. And the fact that DC Universe Online is new means it'll probably be very rough around the edges as a kind of comparison. And I mean, that's kind of the problem that any MMO kind of goes up against because, I mean, these the, the established MMOs like Warcraft and Sea of Heroes, like you said, have had now a life cycle where they've been continuously upgraded and improved, and they're uh, a very you know, very complete experience, any new MMO c coming out just won't be able to stand up in terms of its sheer number of features. So what I'm looking for in a new MMO, understanding that that's just going to be a reality of life, I'm looking for some original features that's going to make the game captivating or fun from the get-go. And the idea that this was, I mean, when it was first kind of spilled out there, it, the impression that I got that this was going to be um, a tight a tight gameplay experience in, in, the, in that it would have like a single player type of feel because the narrative is tight. The, it wouldn't take 400 hours to get through. It was going to have a, you know, kind of a beginning, a middle, and end. But now that the game is out and I'm seeing a lot of preliminary impressions, uh, not too many full reviews yet, but a lot of people who are playing it and putting up their impressions, it, it really seems to be coming down to a lot of just the standard uh, go out, kill a bunch of X number of things, collect a number of X bunch of things, and that the narrative tying together these different things doesn't really – Stand. It does have some highlights, but it doesn't consistently feel like a tight, you know, like let's say a single player narrative experience like you might get with Infamous. And I'm not expecting something that tight, but I'm definitely something, you know, something that's going to be heads and shoulders above what's out there. So I, I'm a little disappointed by what I'm reading so far, but we'll continue to get people's impressions and hopefully start seeing some more full fledged reviews soon. Maybe it gets better towards the end or something, or towards the end game. Hmm. Perhaps. 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 But there's still a lot of fun to be had. I mean, I don't want to sound too cynical. If, if you're just somebody who highly, you know, hasn't been into other MMOs for a while or you just got a, a sweet spot for, you know, super, for DC superheroes or whatever have you, there's still a lot to like about what's going on there. But definitely don't look at this to totally reinvigorate any lost interest you have in MMOs in general. <laughs> Why don't they have a demo? That's my question. Good question. That's a very good question. They should have like a 10-level demo or something. Yeah. That would be awesome. I mean, what the heck? Yeah. Mm. No, that's a good point, Chris. I would download what, a, a demo. A 10-level demo for what? DC Universe uh, Online. DC Universe Online. Well, you're already done with half the levels at that point. It's only like... All right, five-level five level demo. Well, you know what I'm... A five-mission mi demo then or something. Yeah, five-mission demo. Do the starting missions. Something. There's no something. demo. Yeah. Why isn't there a demo? What the heck? 10-day free trial. Then you wouldn't yeah. buy the game. Then, then I could tell I don't. Yeah, well, <laughs> you then I probably the don't want to buy the game. <laughs> I would say most most MMOs don't launch with with ten day trials until about a month in or so. Yeah, I don't know. From what I heard is that like what's his name Gertzman got to end game within like two days of casual play. And there is no end game really, huh? Yeah. Oh, well, and that you know that's kind of what they were touting was that it was a you know a definitely a more tight. It wasn't going to be like a four hundred hour Warcraft experience or anything like that. Yeah, and I guess that's what's disappointing is that, number one, that trip to the high end doesn't have – I mean if it's only going to be a 20 or 40 or 60-hour experience or however much that time, you really expect a much tighter narrative with a lot of voice acting, a lot of scripting, a lot of stuff that really draws you into the universe and the experience. And you get that with like some of – you know, like playing the Wargen in World of Warcraft, you're now getting that in the first 15 levels. It's not something you can carry throughout 400 hours. 
Warcraft gives it to you in, in, in chunks here and there throughout Cataclysm, you kind of expect DC Universe to kind of be that whole experience from beginning to end. But then, yeah, you have a good point. How do you keep people subscribing? And that's where they would have to have a really good you know, in-game, either some really tight PvPing, uh, some, sort, some sort of DC version of the Battlegrounds, uh, maybe some sort of rating where you can continuously make your character stronger. Um, and apparently that, you know, I, I haven't seen enough people get that far yet to, to really see whether that's solid. But the people who have jumped into PvP are pretty much saying, like, just about every other MMO, it's not really feeling balanced just yet, which which is understandable. But when you have a game that's only going to be 30 or 40 hours, you really needed that to be tight coming out of the gate. Yeah. You do. Uh... Starcraft, you know, 30-hour campaign, but the PvP is tight out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, we should totally I, all like sign up for World of Starcraft. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we should play more World of Warcraft. Um, which is, uh, you know, it's I, a good I, game I, for the I, whole family. Unlike Artunelka Koga, Nell of RCL, which has been rated as M for Mature. So it's gotten... Uh, oh, hook me up. The previous Artunelko games got a teen rating because of uh, suggested themes, partial nudity, and language. This got uh, <laughs> an M rating because battles are accompanied by punches, kicks, colorful light effects, and loud cries of pain. Enemies collapse or disappear in brief flashes of light when defeated. Some power moves cause... How is that bad? Some power moves cause female characters' clothes to vanish in layers. The characters are often depicted holding or covering their breasts, wearing only underwear, or standing behind strips of light that obscure their genitals. So... Uh, I think that I think it's just a case of you know just abandoning the subtext. <laughs> I guess. So the next Artanelco takes it to the next level. If you're going to get an M rating, why even bother with the uh, strategically placed beams of light? Because or, you know, uh, that but, would be if they took rid, got rid of those, it would be AO. Uh, see, oh. if they sell M. Where, where where does M able to be sold as as opposed to AO? M is able to be sold everywhere. AO is able to be sold pretty much nowhere. Okay. All the retailers have made um, commitments that AO games will not be sold on their shelves because I don't ah. know why. That's they decided that was better for them. Um, yeah, they. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, I remember like Xenogears had like nudity, but you couldn't see any genitals or anything because it was all nothing was drawn where they would be, and that was was that before the ESRB had ratings. Probably not. So I'm wondering, how would that fly today? Would that be an M because you, there are no genitals drawn there, or would it be A O because it's the genital area? What does that mean? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. Well, considering what the con- considering this, uh, well, I'm making an assumption here, but considering the stuff that probably gets broadcast on the American channels that that do show uh, animated series. Yeah. Doesn't seem like much. I don't know that there are that many channels that show those particular anime. I'm not referring to those. Oh. Mm, I agree. Okay. (laughs) To those. No, not not hentai. I'm talking like anime that has nudity. Because there's regular anime that has some level of nudity as well. Um, Are you talking about like those like uh, bathtub poofy poofy kind of animes? (laughs) No. I don't know what those are. I don't want to know what those are. I want to talk about Jacandia, the Timeless Lands. <laughs> now that was a segue. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a playable demo up on the PlayStation Network for the game, Jacandia, the Timeless Land. And it's, uh, it's an RPG that lets you travel through dungeons and set your own time limits. And has anyone even heard of this game? 
because we have this demo announcement. I'm like, I don't know anything about this game. Yeah, I've I've heard of it. It looks really bad. It looks 16-bit style or something, or some <laughs> combo between 16 and 8-bit. Who's making it? Jacunda? Jacundia being developed by Opus Studio for the P- PSP, published by Idea Factory. Never even heard of Opus. It's a spiritual Man. sequel to Half-Minute Hero, apparently. Um, mm. I don't know how that works, because I thought Half-Minute Hero had an actual sequel coming. It does. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Hyperdimension okay. Neptune will be premium? Uh, no, if you want to like, skip ahead, yeah, but... <laughs> I just read the next thing on the list. Well, it's not the next one on the list, but uh, that's okay. The uh, Hyperdimensional Neptunia was announced to have a premium edition that comes with a full-color art book and... Uh, oh, that's it. Oh, and some cards. If you... Okay. So the premium edition comes with the art book, and if you... What? If you purchase the game from their online store, you get a deck of playing cards featuring art and characters from the game. Uh, it's limited to 1,000 units. The game has been rated T by the ESRB. It's 59.99 and comes out on February 15th. So, are any of you going to pick up Hyperdimensional T- Neptunia, the game where the consoles are personified as beautiful women and battle each other? Oh. No, apparently so, not. <laughs> well, no I, one cares. I've seen, I've seen a few reviews for it, and they've all been really bad. <laughs> I just jumped from one bad thing to another. I feel that's terrible. too bad. We're, we're, no, that's okay. We're, we're, we're talking like a four out of tens and whatnot. I've got some good things coming up for you. How do you like, you know, Paper Mario 3D and The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time? Oh, I love it. Good, because um, oh, that's weird. Why is that? Oh, my PSP is dead. I can't download the Jacandia demo. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and that happens all the time. Every time I try to turn on my PSP to like download, well, I didn't even. I just, I just charged it, and I haven't turned it on since I charged it a couple weeks ago. So yeah, why is its battery draining? All the time. And Anna, where's your PSP stick? I can't hear. PSP it. Is your stick? PSP stick missing? Yeah. Okay. You can buy replacements, you know. Okay. All right. You can't hear her. I don't think. But, uh, oh, there you go. I bet you that's a little better. Yeah, unfortunately, my uh, my thumb nub was uh, was broken off a little while ago, and I just haven't had the opportunity to uh, to fix it because most EB games in Canada actually don't carry them. There's like five or six EBs in Vancouver, and only one of them carry them, and it was one that wasn't convenient for me to get to. So. Kind of controls better without the stick. Yeah, it just it leaves a little dent in your thumb. Yeah, that'd be painful. So you can't play oh, for huge periods of time. Yeah, okay. But other than that, it's actually it's actually pretty sensitive even without the actual d- thumb dub on it. Um, you're in civilization now. We can go to a store and buy you a, a thumbstick replacement. So. Jeez, this kid. All right. So Paper Mario 3D and Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. So there. So what we have new info, right? Hmm. Yeah, so it's going to have time button presses. We've got some screenshots, so it's going to be a similar battle system to what they had before. And there's a fire area and an ice area, because you didn't know that was coming already. Oh, here we go. (laughs) So apparently the Nintendo responded to the question, quote, why should I buy Ocarina of Time again? (laughs) On their their press release. Here's their answer. 
the graphical upgrades and three-dimensional depth breathe new life into the expansive world of Hyrule, an improved and intuitive interface coupled with the easier navigation offered by playing in a world with 3D visuals give players better control as they solve puzzles, travel through time, and explore this immersive world. Oh, they also had to say compelling, compelling, immersive, dynamic. Yeah, I, I just read through that and I couldn't think of one reason why I should play it again. Uh... An improved interface. Okay. What's another buzzword? Um, it's a paradigm shifting medium. Uh, have they solved the fact <laughs> that the first game was that the original was boring? Because I don't think they have. I was bored running around Hyrule in Ocarina. You, you know, so. I, I I'll tell you, I really enjoyed Ocarina. It's one of the few Zelda games that I actually went through and actually beat all the way to the end. Yeah. I still, even with all of that, you're. It is a big, huge, epic adventure. I'm not sure I'm, you know, I really want to spend another 30 or 40, however many long hours it took me to beat it again, um, when there's so many other new games that I have sitting on a backlog, even if it does come out 3D-ish and, you know, somehow feels a little refreshing. There's just so many new things that are out there. Not to mention, they've kind of tweaked and improved that formula just a little bit over the years. I think they would have maybe been better off with a newer game, but, or just making a new one altogether. But yeah. what do I Hmm. Probably saved money doing it. All right. Like well, I've got a new experience for you instead. Oh, How about ooh. Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles, which game we have already known that's going to be coming out next month for a while. And they've let us know that there will be the Hair Metal Pack, which will cost twenty nine ninety nine. It'll be the physical version of the game. Uh, and it will also have a digital download version for twenty four ninety nine. So let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, in the manual for the game, they're going to include Rhea's trusty field manual to help you play through the game, uh, through Ease 1, that is, because apparently it's um, challenging. And uh, let's see, the physical version, I guess, will include... Oh, well, they don't say what the hair metal pack has. So that was... Why don't they say what the hair metal pack has? Did they not announce it? Or did we just forget to point it out? I'm going to assume the hair metal pack means it comes with a CD. So you, I'm going to bet it comes with the soundtrack CD because that's what they all come with. All right. So I bet the hair metal physical pack comes with the soundtrack CD and the PSN version comes with nothing. Uh, the Ease 1 and 2 will include three different soundtrack options in the game. So th- this, I assume, is for both versions. The players can switch between these soundtracks at any time during the gameplay. So your options are a newly arranged soundtrack with live instrumentation, hair metal, um, the synth soundtrack from the 2001 Japanese PC release, and the original tracks from the 1987 and 88 releases of the games. <laughs> and they've got a trailer up that you can see the differences of the soundtracks. So that's kind of cool. So you guys interested in the Ease games? Because uh, Ease 7 and Ease 3 remakes apparently did really well. People, it's among our site's opinions. Maxstorm loves them. Yeah, just everybody I've talked to who's played uh, these games. I unfortunately haven't had the opportunity, but everyone who, who I've talked to who's played these games have really, really enjoyed them. So uh, I personally am looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is uh, Ease 1 is the one where you actually just run into enemies to fight them. Yeah, and it's kind of refreshing. I mean, I mean, just like you know, thirty our half minute hero was. I mean, in a world where a lot of the RPGs we buy are these sweeping epics that take a hundred hours to beat, or you know, doing just doing a, a one quest line in World of Warcraft takes me ten hours. It's refreshing to have something in the palm of your hand that you know moves a lot faster. It's just it just feels <laughs> even though this comes from the you know the ease goes all the way back to the eighties. Uh, this actually feels very refreshing. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I got to figure out which soundtrack mode to listen to them on. It's kind of hard. Because mm. I like... Um, hmm. I like synth, but I like live hair metal, so I don't know what'll be best. <laughs> okay, here's a game for everybody else then. Is that it? Only only Phil's interested in Ease One and Two, really? Wow. Yes, so Manny, Roy, I'm and John are completely silent. Oh, and Anna. Oh, wow. Okay. I've never, I've never played any of the East games. I don't really have any. Well, this is where to start, right? It is. Well, it comes I mean, out, the, yeah. the nice thing about the Ease games, I suppose, uh, is that they don't really – they do have some tie-in, but they're not really like sequential stories that you need to play in a row to get the enjoyment out of them. I mean you can pick up seven, you can pick up three and just have an incredibly great experience. If you play the other ones, you'll see some references here and there from what I understand. Uh, but you can really jump into any of these guys and, and – can't really recommend if you got a PSP. I really can't recommend you know picking up one of those enough. You know, it's really fun. Huh. All right. Well, chat room's all all pro ease. It looks like so. Funetman, Zenis Lev, and Sir Erdrich are all like get get ease games. So get them. Oh, Zenis, that's like my favorite Vanzard from Mission Four. Oh. I mean, from Mission 3, Zen is live. Oh, okay. Hey, good for that. Good on that guy. Maybe you'll be able to mod your favorite mission into your favorite uh, mech into the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim because it was just no, announced Chris, that that, that was, was moddable. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. Don't you think a front mission mech in an Elder Scrolls uh, game? You know, like, you <laughs> who know needs Chris a chameleon skill? You just blow up everybody. I can tell you the first two mods that will be made right now yeah. one is going to be a lightsaber, and the second is going to be Chuck Norris. No nudity mod? And then breast, that's like, usually right up there. Light papers. That's, that's like one of the first breast. mods that usually comes out for these games is the nudity mods. You know, I I just showed a mod to Phil yesterday for Dragon Age that someone just put lightsabers in Dragon Age. Oh, awesome. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's and again, great. really, you know, I tell you, I'm, I'm definitely excited about this too because. Um, you know, modability has always been a, a cornerstone, uh, you know, for some time now of, of the series. And one of the things that really stands out, we were uh, Roy and I was talking about the modability of Dragon Age, and there's some cool things going on there. But the tool set in Dragon Age is is pretty hard to use, whereas the ones in Oblivion uh, they have a lower a lower port of, uh, point of entry, really, as far as needing to have a good computer background and whatnot. And I see people making all kinds of stuff, you know, in these games. So it's really, really cool. And from within just a few weeks or so of Oblivion's release, if I remember correctly, maybe it was a few weeks after I bought it, but I remember just seeing, you know, you could download your own houses, you can download your own special weapons, you can download NPCs, you can download entirely new lands, dungeons. I mean, people were just cranking stuff out left and right, and and the internet community, you know, cr- uh, created this one website where you could upload these things and they were rated so you could pick out the good ones, you know, because there was such a flood of these guys, you know, you, no one had enough time, you know, to, to figure out which ones were good um, or not. Most modable games have databases like that. Like um, Team Fortress 2 has a massive, massive reskin, et cetera, database. So you can turn your Jurati into Moo Moo Milk and stuff like that if you so choose. Yeah, yeah. How but do you just... know those terms? You don't play Team Fortress 2. <laughs> what makes you think I don't? Because I never see you on Steam. You hate Steam, and Team Fortress 2 requires Steam. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so how are you pulling that off? <laughs> oh, okay. 
She's, she must be jumping on Lucifer's uh, servers all no, the time. I mean, I mean, that's right. A lot of the ones that do have mod ability do have, you know, support. But I, I got to throw that out there because at the end of the day, most of the time, it's the community that has to come together and create that. It's not something inherently supported by the, the people making the game as far as having a database where you can do user oh, rating yeah, that's feedback true. That's and true. stuff. So, I mean, it always gets me excited when I see the community pulling together these big projects, even if it happens, you know, a, a lot. Right. But Yep. All right, so uh, cool. Roy, I have to ask you a question. When's our last uh, Dragon Age mod article coming? <laughs> Probably when I finish editing this cast. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that comes first. I'll hopefully be done with that by the I'm end of the day. Putting up the first, uh, R- the first. Uh, you should tell people plug the RPG Sanctum was recorded. You're in the middle of editing it, and it'll be up soon, won't it? Yeah, I'll hopefully have it up by tomorrow. Sweet. That sounds cool. I was so sad when I read the rules. I was reading through them. I'm like, wow, I can never be on your podcast. What ah! rules? What, which rule did you like? Um, no swearing. <laughs> I have that rule on this podcast. Yeah, yeah you're very least willing just... to bloop the swears if you accidentally make them. Yeah, his rules are like, if you can't hold your mouth, don't come on, because I'm not spending two minutes bleeping out every swear. And I'm like, oh, I'm out. You know, the ironic thing is, is that I'm the only one that swore on the first episode, so I had to bleep this. <gasps> Anna, you don't... Yeah, all right. I think it'd be okay. He's got he's to learn how to edit. Got to so teach him. Let's take, let's take just a quick second. Yeah, but I mean, there's a difference between no. teaching him how to edit and, like, shoving him into the deep end of the pool with no flotation uh, device. Anna, him. come into the light. Come into yeah. the... I'm sorry, Poltergeist reference. Poltergeist. <laughs> Phil knows what I'm talking about, because I can hear you coming from two locations at once. Yeah. Oh, well, my other option is to, like, go sit in the corner of the kitchen, so... Go! To the corner! No! Corner. I'm sorry. Corner. Come back. Let's just, Come back. let's just take a teeny tiny second to, uh, to explain exactly what Sanctum is for people who don't actually know. <laughs> what is it, oh, Roy? The, uh, the RPG Sanctum, it's a uh, topical round roundtable podcast brand new we just recorded the first episode two days ago it, it turned the first one which were i was hoping to only make it an hour and a half but it ended up being three hours long what is that including all the stops <laughs> well i have to edit out the technical issues but all right what was the first one about um the first one about was we did uh, where we think the the our, where the whole RPG genre as a whole is going and where we thought it sits. And we even had uh, Robert Boyd, the head developer of Z-Boyd Games, on Excellent. as a special guest. I, I want him to come back on the show here and talk about uh, the Cthulhu game he made. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna try and get him to reveal anything of spill his guts on the next game, he won't say anything. I already tried. No, I want to hear about his <laughs> uh, his awesome efforts to get a to raise funds for the PC version of it. Yeah, actually, that's something we should talk about. So, yeah, we, um, we, Robert... we did an we we did an indie segment on the last part of the show, and it pretty much turned into Robert Q and A for an hour. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and, and people who are interested in exactly what you were just talking about, the PC effort, uh, fundraising effort, will find some vi- – I'm not going to say anything what, exactly what he said here because I want you to go and listen to uh, RPG Sanctum, and he actually does divulge some very interesting tidbits there. So, um, to f- Anna, briefly, because uh, we're running low on time, uh, 
Kickstarter, where do you go on Kickstarter to do that thing for him? Um, well, if you go to Kickstarter and basically search for Cthulhu Saves the World, you'll find a project called Cthulhu Saves the World Enhanced Version for PC and Xbox 360. Now, um, he was actually uh, just hoping he would get to 3,000 because 3,000 was the absolute bare minimum he needed to uh, put the features back in the game that he'd unfortunately had to take out. And uh, at this point, he is five days into the campaign, and he's raised $4,500. Yeah, actually, just search for Saves the World, because Cthulhu's hard to spell right. But I back that project, Anna backed that project, a lot of other people. Uh, Tycho from Penny Arcade is the only one who's pledged 750 or more. That's funny. Holy cow. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which means yeah. he will be a town person in the game. You yeah. pledge, I thought about that. I wanted to be a town person, but 750 is a bit much. That's a, that's like investment level funding, and yeah. uh, there's no return on investment here. You're just getting so, a town person in the game. So, whatever. there's uh, two people that have pledged 250 or more, and every every level has a prize, and then every prize that comes before it. So, for example, if you pledge $10 or more, you get uh, three special chip tunes. If you pledge $24 or more, you'll get the PC version of the game when it's ready and the chip tunes. If you get pledge $25 or more, you get credits in the game, a copy of the PC version, and the chip tunes. I don't understand why he made the $24 level. <laughs> because he wanted to edit the $25 one, but unfortunately, once you start a project, you're not actually able to edit what's going on. Oh. So he added the $24 one just so that people could realize that, yeah, you're actually getting there's, a copy. There's okay. one person who only pledged $24. He needs to up himself to 25 <laughs> uh, Yeah. So um, I'm, I am I put in a pledge to get a poster. And so I uh, I asked Robert to uh, to personalize it for me. To, uh, and it's going to say, uh, two paws, thanks for driving us insane. <laughs> Nice. Because uh, for those who haven't played the game, um, the character Paws uh, is an alien cat. It's it's named after me. She's and, already uh, got a character in the game. She doesn't need to spend seven hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I don't need to spend seven hundred fifty dollars. I'm already in the game. Thanks, guys. But uh, Paws' special ability is to switch uh, a character or enemy's sanity and sanity stat. Sweet. Mm. So I thought that was a particularly fitting. That's uh, pretty awesome. Epitaph on the poster. So everyone go play that game on your Xbox, by the way. It's like a three dollars or something. If if you if you don't have a three sixty and you're going to play the PC version, go pledge twenty five dollars. Yeah. It's it's worth twenty five bucks. If you're, you know, a cheap bastard and only want to pledge, you know, three bucks, then just wait till the game's out. And, and of course the more money they get over their project goal, the better they can make this. All right, I think it's time for picks. So, Phil, I'm going to ask you to go first. My pick is Pathfinder. <laughs> Ooh, the the pen and paper RPG, right? Yeah, we've been um, I've been doing this uh, with a group of 12 year old uh, uh, boys in the neighborhood. Not to sound like Michael whoa, Jackson. Whoa, anything, whoa, whoa, whoa! What I, are you doing? To, <laughs> let, let me put a disclaimer. I'm part of the Big Brother Little Brother program, so oh, I have a couple okay. little brothers. They come over and we teach them how to be men by playing Pathfinder. Okay. Yeah. Does that work? <laughs> it does. It's interesting because you know you got a bunch of twelve-year-old kids who uh, you know love to play PlayStation, are pretty selfish and whatnot, and you give them Pathfinder, and it actually it actually does a very good job of pulling them away from the PlayStation. They really really enjoy the experience, engages their imagination, and they 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 started out and they still are to some degree very very selfish, but that doesn't get you too far, especially when you spend you know, five minutes arguing over one piece of gear. 
So uh, they're starting to learn a little bit more how to work together as a team. And hopefully that will continue to, to go on as we go through it. The Pathfinder, for those who don't know, is basically your natural extension of the old uh, 3.5 D&D rule set. Um, if you haven't been keeping up with pen and paper for the last five years or so, um, the people who normally make Dungeons & Dragons, when they came out with 4.0, went an entirely different direction with the that series. Uh, this, it, it's so far That's out terrible. in left field that it's no longer backwards compatible with the, with the older rule sets. So uh, uh, some of the guys uh, who used to work there kind of split off, and they got hired with Pazio or Piezo or whatever it's called. And they created the Pathfinder role-playing campaign, which has been described as uh, D&D 3.75. And... Um, uh, so each one of those guys has their pluses and minuses. I, I kind of like Pathfinder because I'm an old fogey, grew up with the D&D system, and I like the ability to go back and use any of my old material or um, old D&D material from the internet, of which there is plenty of free things. I mean, free adventures, free modules, free all kinds of stuff, fully compatible with the D20 system that's been very popular for a very long time now. So there's just all kinds of free material you can get on the internet and use and plug in with the system. Pathfinder itself is an open source system, so you can actually find the entire rule set at a couple of different websites online and actually play the entire game without buying a single thing from Paizo. Um, on top of that, they sell a lot of their books in PDF format as well as hardcover at a substantial savings. So for the economically minded, such as myself, the cheap guy, in other words, Pathfinder is also an excellent choice for that. Um, we're going to be actually uh, trying a, an RPG staff Pathfinder gaming night. We're going to start doing that tonight. We're going to roll up some characters, talk about some ground rules, possibly dive into first adventure. We'll see. Um, try to get some of the so- virtual tabletop software working. So we're really kind of looking forward to that to see if this, uh, this uh, translates well uh, in a Skype or virtual tabletop experience. So sweet. That's that's pretty much what we've been which, doing. Uh, which which software are you using for the? Oh, are you thinking uh, of using R- for the online RPG RPG tools? We're going to try that. Oh, okay. Um, I've been we, uh, Roy and I spent some time playing around with some of the more expensive products that are out there. For the life of us, we could not get what we wanted to get done on those things, even though they were pretty and shiny and whatnot. So. Um, we're gonna we're gonna try the cheap free stuff for now. There's one and that has map in its name that I know people like. Map Map Tools is map part tools. of RPG Tools. Yeah, that's what we're oh, using. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, there's another really cool one that we were tinkering around with called Fantasy Grounds, where we, you can actually pick up these dice that work with real dice physics, and it's really like you're throwing around the table. You just want to you know play with the dice all night. They're so real. Um, unfortunately, we weren't really able to get some of the other functions on that done, like chatting with each other, text chatting. Just couldn't get that thing to work for the life of us. And I'm sure it does work because people buy this program all the time, but. Um, you know, we're going to continue to use the free stuff for now, and then later on, if the campaign's still going strong, we might reevaluate and go back and revisit those guys. But for now, we'll use the free map tools that's part of the RPG toolkit. And we'll, you know, I'm sure when I come back on another RPG cast soon, I'll give you an update on how well it's going. Mm, okay. I was just looking in the Open Systems D20 stuff to see what they released for 4th edition, and it doesn't seem to be anywhere near as much as what they released for 35 I don't even know that D20 is really that compatible with, with, with 4th edition because it's – I mean 4th edition is just such a radical change from the D&D yeah. system. I mean it really should have – I can agree with a lot of sentiments that are out there that it should have been called an entirely new RPG experience altogether. But of course they want to keep the D&D name for obvious reasons because it really does go on left field. It doesn't feel like a natural progression of the series like 1 to 2 to 3 to 3.5 did. It's, it's really, really 
Well, yeah, what they have up here is really weird. They don't have like all the races and classes and stuff. They've just got a system reference document, whatever that is. Oh, well, weird stuff. So check out Pathfinder, right? Where do people find that? It's on Amazon, right? Buy it on Amazon. You can buy the core rule book on Amazon. Or I got you just download for 30, it for free, I guess you said. Right? 30 bucks. You can, you can buy the PDF for $10. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the rules, though, are just, yeah, they're absolutely for free. Just do a, a Google search for Pathfinder rules online or web uh, site or whatever, and it just come. There's two good websites. One was Pazio's own uh, Pathfinder rule site, and there's another third part, a D20, T20 PSRD or something like that. But it pulls right up in Google, and it's, it's great. Oh, that's it's great a, for that's referencing the three and a half, uh, The D20 SRD is the three and a half rules from Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, it's just, but this is PSRD, so it's actually oh. uh, tweaked for the Pathfinder, you know, uh, rules. Sweet. And, the, and the Pathfinder is just like if you read through Pathfinder and you're very familiar with 3.5, you are going to notice some substantial differences, but nothing that isn't, you know, it is absolutely totally compatible with 3.5 and, and the open D20 system. You'll be able to pull any of those campaigns from any of your old D20 books or your uh, – D&D 3.5s or 3.0s, and it's going to work just fine. Even 2.0 cool. will work if you just change around some of the stats. <laughs> oh, sweet. They let you... Oh, that's funny. You can subscribe to Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Really yeah, there's a, subs- there's a subscription program, and if you're part of the subscription program, they will. you basically are going to automatically buy uh, certain books or modules depending on which subscription program to get into, and huh. in doing so, you'll automatically get the PDF version of those files absolutely free of charge. Normally, if you want it both, you have to buy them both separately. Huh. Neat. All right. So go check that out if you're looking for an alternative to D&D. Uh, and uh, Roy, what have you got for a pick for us? Oh, um, I've been playing Dragon Age this week. All right. I'm... I'm- I've actually I actually haven't played much of anything this week. I've spent most of the week getting the Pathfinder thing to work with Phil and getting <laughs> things re- and things getting ready to uh, for the getting things ready for the Sanctum. Oh, that works. All right. <laughs> what have you got for us then, John? Um, well, I've, been, um, I've actually been preoccupied with um, the hand-in dates for a lot of my university assignments this week, but I was able to download the uh, um, Dissidia Duodescent demo when it came out on the Japanese PSN PSN store earlier in the week. Um, So, yeah, I've mostly been playing that. Okay. Um, And, uh, well, interestingly, when... um, uh, for the demo, they've given you access to um, a sort of small subset of characters, including um, Lightning and um, Kane Highwind. Um, however, when you actually play the um, arcade mode, there are, there are two options. You need to have a sort of easy, um, like five battles in a row, or there's a harder fifty, uh, sorry, thirty battles in a row. But what's interesting is that most of the um, most of the game's original cast are actually uh, present, sort of in game files, as it were. Um, I mean, for example, at the moment, um, I've, I'm in the middle of a fight against um, Sephiroth, who, who is uh, one of the characters who you can play as in the demo. But I've also fought against a number of characters who you don't have access to uh, in the demo. So they are sort of there, but not there. And also, um, a bunch of the new characters also uh, do show up as assist characters that haven't shown up as playable characters, like Laguna and Van and stuff. All right. 
And um, most most of the um, most of the characters you can play as are sporting their um, third outfits, their new ones. Uh, my the, my comment in the intro was actually in reference to the fact Tigers' third outfit that they've given him for Dia removes his shirt. I thought it was Titus. Whatever. <laughs> Watch me care. Watch you care. <laughs> All right, so if so, we have a Japanese PSN account, we could go down that then download yep. that now. Uh, huh. I, I I imagine the um uh the version, the trademarks are registered for Prologus. You know, they have to give it a pretentious name. Um in both America and Europe. So the demo the English version of the demo will probably out, come out in a couple of weeks or so. Oh, but you need uh you're gonna need a Japanese PSN card to buy anything. Because it's a three three hundred yen demo, isn't it? Yes, yeah, three hundred yen is not a lot, really. No, but you still need some sort of Japanese currency, so you need a a, a credit card that's in Japan. <laughs> or, 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 or a number of websites that will buy PSN cards for you. Although they mock them up a bit. Ah, yeah. So, like, Play Asia. Yeah, I think Play Asia does it. There's another site that I'll use. Um, oh. Cool. I can't remember his name. Well, let me know but later if you remember. All right. Um, yeah, Manny. Sure. Uh, actually, no. We'll, we'll do you last. So, I just got your attention. Anna, do you have any picks for us this week? Um, what have I been playing a lot of this week? I've, well, I finally, we have our um, theme game, our game, (laughs) okay, let's try that again. Um, On the forums every year, I guess this is our third year running, we have a different game that we play every month. So this year's theme is uh, old school games, and we had a vote for which games we were playing. And January is Shining Force. And after realizing that my old copy of Shining Force Game Boy Advance had been stolen and that I didn't want to play the original because the the Game Boy Advance version is so much better, I ordered it, and it finally arrived! It arrived the day before I left, so I played that a whole bunch, and I'm on Chapter 2. And I quite like it. No! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm on camera. So I uh, had to bring my almost completely broken DS Lite to play it because my SP uh, is missing its charger at the moment. But I am reminded how much I completely love, 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 love Shining Force. Mm. Oh, right. Chris is loaning me his cool Game Boy Micro. Hang on, I gotta get up to the camera and show people this. Let's see if I can do it without tripping on any cords. And for those who are listening, it is a very cool Japanese Final Fantasy 1 and 2 Game Boy Micro. <coughs> Ta-da! It's and actually can... Final Fantasy 4. It just has Final Fantasy 1 and 2 in it right now. Yeah, it's got Cecil and Kane on the front, and you can see the little Final Fantasy logo on the back, and it's so shiny and cool. So I'm going to be stealing that and playing Shining Force on it because it is not broken. So, if anybody hasn't played Shining Force, definitely, definitely, definitely get the Game Boy Advance version. It's got so many improvements, uh, an additional storyline that goes on every chapter, uh, better pacing in how frequently you receive characters, and you receive better characters a little earlier. And yeah, it's a tactical RPG. It was basically one of the first TRPGs available, and I love it. So that's what I've been playing, and I'm probably going to play it to completion this week, I hope. All right, good pick. Uh, let's see, who else we have? 
Manny? Manny. Manny, go for it. I think it's Manny's turn now. Uh, I'm hungry. Okay, so I've been playing <laughs> some Dead I've been playing some uh, Dead Space. Finish that up. Chris, it's $6 on Steam. Go buy it. I already own it on Steam. Oh, I picked play it up it. over the Christmas time. Yeah. That's fun. I don't want to talk about it just That's because okay. I figured there might be a few. Well, I mean, like, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I enjoyed the experience. It was fun. It was pretty short. Got through like maybe 10 hours or so, maybe two hours a night. Okay. That's cool. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm right. a boring guy, what can I say? That's okay. And I will tell you guys, I didn't play Jack this week because I was uh, cleaning my house to make it ready for Anna to come visit. So, Sorry. That's uh, okay. <laughs> I've watched a lot more StarCraft. The GSL seasons are getting near the end where we've got lots of the finals are about to start Yay, this weekend. Yay, Jinro won. Woohoo. Go Jinro, Jinro. Gorilla Jinro. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Anna just cheered for Korean alcohol. I love it. Um, because that's what that means. All right, uh, that's all I got. I'm actually going to pop over now to Lucifer.com's 100th episode podcast. That's about to start, so I've got. Oh, I heard your get little out of here. Deek, deek, deek. Yeah, my little um, reminder about it. Yeah, so that's where right, I'm man, off to. Yeah, I think we're ready to to sign off. Thanks everyone for coming. And uh, next week, I uh, hear we're going to hear about grotesque tactics from Phil. So I'm excited about that because I want to hear if it's good or not. So. Oh, next week we have to compare PSP 2 versus 3DS which one will you pre-order since we Ooh. didn't talk about since we forgot to talk about who's pre-ordering the 3DS in this show yeah I think that's a good point after we get the info on PSP 2 that'll be a good time to talk about that sweet alright excited about it everyone leave us for feedback podcast.rpgamer.com board.rpgamer.com and 608-729-4098 leave a voicemail love to hear from you alright that's it everybody we're out bye everyone Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye